Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you are listening to Wine. Why Not? A Queer Podcast. Episode 10. Ooh. Ooh. And now we've, we we've reached the double digits. <laughs> and we've, we have to abandon our, our Star Wars analogies. Yeah, we should have abandoned those the first or second episode, probably. Uh, Just yeah, like Star Wars should have. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we're back. We're guess who's back? Back again after six whole days. <laughs> um, you know what? You usually start with me, but I'm gonna start with you. What'd you do this week, Rick? Oh wow, you're throwing a curveball. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It was a busy week. It was fun. Um, you know, the, I think to start things off, uh, you and I, I, everything that I have to talk about, you and I did together. <laughs> we we spend a lot of time. We are together. not allowed to hang out anymore. There, we will have nothing to talk about. Um, yeah. So we went to the uh, Florida Film Festival announcement event where they announced uh, what what films are coming to the Florida Film Festival. Yes. And they, it, it's great. Uh, my favorite part of going to the movies is the previews. Yeah. In fact, if I don't go to a movie and get there 20 minutes early, then I'm late. Like, if I, you know, I used to go to the movies with some people. They're like, you know, whatever, the movie starts at, at this time, and it's about 15 minutes of previews, and then we can get, I was like, no, 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 no. We get there early. I want to be halfway through my popcorn by the time the previews start, because I love the previews, which is what makes this event so great, because it's all that's previews. all it is. You sit, you get your food, you get your drinks, and you watch what felt like we were there for four hours, <laughs> four hours worth of trailers. There's a like a hundred, give or take a few films, but 163 films that are going to be at the Florida Film Festival this year. And almost all of them had a trailer that ran. Now, some of them, uh, the feature length's a little longer trailer. Some of them, for the short films, only a few seconds. But we try to hit every film, and we sat there. Through every trailer, and and uh, it's a great event, but it may have been the first year that you and I have sat through every <laughs> single trailer, um, and uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, and the, and and the reason is because uh, greetings from Queer Town Orlando, which is the the documentary that that we have been working on since 2017, had a trailer that was going to play, and we're yes. like, oh, we want to see the trailer on the big screen, which was super exciting, but it was in the last category. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they knew that we ducked out about three quarters into every event, <laughs> uh, and they're like, no, 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 their trailer goes at the end. Those two assholes are going to sit through the entire thing. In our defense, after our trailer... Our trailer played. I did look back, and there were quite a few people. Oh, who yeah. ditched at I some mean, point. I mean, that's just—that's a lot of trailers to sit through, and particularly, it's—it was on a Wednesday, so you know, most people they worked all day, and then they went to the event, and they've had a few drinks, and about by the time you get to trailer 72, 73, <laughs> you're a little tired. You you're know, yawning. I'm gonna say, like, watching you during this event was hilarious <laughs> because. At some point, like, see, I, I dig trailers, so I was golden. I was good the whole time. But at, at one point, Jeremy turned into that to that teenage kid at church <laughs> who goes through the program at church and, like, checks off everything that happens so they know exactly <laughs> when church is going to end and when they get the opportunity to leave. So Jeremy's, like, a little fidgety, like, get some coffee, do this. Oh, yeah, starts, I had to get some coffee about halfway through. And then going through the list, like... He's like, this is where we are, <laughs> and this is where your trailer is. If they didn't want me to check off the list, they wouldn't have given me a checklist. <laughs> it's super fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. Were there any yeah. any trailers um, other than the obvious Queer Town trailer that stuck out to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously everybody's waiting for Queer Town, but uh, apparently I'm, it's I'm... already the first show is already sold out. Oh. And it's not until April seventeenth. Oh, that's fantastic. It is fantastic. So uh, there is a showing April twenty second. Um, for all of those who are listening live, rush to get your yes, tickets. Yes, get your tickets now. Um, I'm always a fan of the midnight showings for the Florida Film Festival because it's always the weird, out there kind of films. Um, it's usually where the horror films uh, are shown. So they do a series of films um, at midnight uh, during the festival. So those are always my favorite, the, the, the weird, crazy, twisty ones. And there is no shortage of weird Crazy, yeah, twisty one. You know, I want to say, like, I, I guess I don't realize this because I, I, not this. I'm really invested in film festivals this time because I have a film and a festival, and I'm just really like, oh, what's yeah. this all about? What's 
And it it's kind of reminds me of like what the French Festival, the International Orlando French Festival, however that's word. I know I messed it up. <laughs> Orlando French is what I call it. Yes. Um, it, it it can be very experimental theater, mm-hmm. and so film festivals, uh, I guess, are an opportunity for people to experiment and, yeah, and make it's the these. same thing. So it's it's super interesting, and I lo- a lot of trailers were super weird, but like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, one was just. Just a bunch of stop action, I think fruits and weird things, yeah. and it and it didn't seem to make much sense to me. But I was like, what a cool opportunity for for people to just to, to make films and have you know learn new styles and all kinds of stuff. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. So you like the weird midnight stuff? There is is that the one I wrote this down because yeah. I want to say Edward, but it might be Edward, Edward. Um, because it's E D V A R D. Edward takes a lover. Do you remember that trailer? Describe the trailer. It's puppets. Remember when he was on that? He's on like a puppet dating app, oh, and he's swiping. Yes. Um, I don't know if that is part of the midnight showings or not. That might. I mean, the midnight ones are the ones that like has just you know lots of gore and violence and nudity and. Uh, the kind of stuff you don't want to sh- show to your kids. The puppet one looks sweet. You're going to want to bring the whole thing. Do you, you think it looks sweet? I want you to tell everybody what you have subtitled that show. Do you remember that? I don't remember. I don't recall. I said, I said, I want to see Edward Takes a Lover. And you said, you mean Puppet Fucks a Lemon? In my defense, he draws a face on a lemon. And and the way he looks at it, I'm pretty sure he's going to fuck it. We're so mature. Um, Aside from all of that, it looks hilarious. It does. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be there. I want to see it. Because, I mean, just the whole idea of a puppet flipping through, like, puppet grinder was cracking me up. Uh, So, and, and and I realized this in watching all the trailers. I have a super appreciation for stop action and animation, which I don't think I ever had until I saw this, all of these things together, that they really stand out um, as really cool. And there's another film, which I looked for to try to get the name of it. So, of course, to me, it starts out the one with the girl in the hospital mm-hmm. that then turns into animation and stop action and all this kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I'm telling you, there were a I th- lot of trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I think the the premise of this one is that she is she is sick in in a coma in the hospital, and so the the show takes oh, place in I'm her mind to, yes. while she's trying to find her way to her parents, and it just comes in all these weird different uh, styles, and I think it's really kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I have to offer you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what? So so there's all of this, but then there's going to be films. Like there's all of the the experimental fun kooky stuff, but then there's like you know films with famous people, and yeah. so there's one. Um, I I don't know if you remember this one either because you know trailers. Um, they somewhere, all blend together. Somewhere in Queens, the one with Ray Romano. Oh yes, that looks really good. Okay, that one looks like my big fat Greek wedding with Italians from uh, New York or New Jersey, whichever area they're in. <laughs> Um, and that one I definitely want to see because my mother's uh, side of the family is all Italians from New York and New Jersey. So Yeah, it was cracking me up because there's this big dinner scene. So I don't really remember what it's all about. I just know that somebody's bring some, some guy in this big Italian family starts dating this girl, and the girl comes to dinner, and they're all sitting around, and she says, are there any more meatballs? <laughs> and there aren't any meatballs. And everybody at the table kind of groans because they know what it means. And then, like, great-grandma gets up and's like, I'll go make you some. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. And they're all like, no, no, no. no, no. Everybody you, gets more meatballs You now. said meatballs. Now we're all going to eat them. Yeah. So that exactly. was really cool. That's very accurate. Very accurate. So that was, that was fun. Um, what about you? How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, I went to an event at Endian for the Florida Film Festival. <laughs> I would die if you just <laughs> just went on like I hadn't just talked about that. Um, actually, the day before that, uh, the Dr. Phillips Center here in Orlando um, had the opening night of uh, Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. Um, so I, I went, took my sister uh, to see that, uh, and it was phenomenal. 
His name escapes me now, but uh, Atticus Finch was played by John Boy from the Waltons, um, which uh, excited older people in my life when I told them. They were like, ooh, that's John Boy from the Waltons. Nobody could remember him. Richard they Thomas. Kn- Richard Thomas. My mother knew his name. I oh, just okay. couldn't remember his name. I just knew him as John Boy. Um, but He's I- also, just, just to throw out a, a reference that's, that people might know more recently, mm-hmm. he was in Ozark. Mm, I didn't watch Ozark. What? Yeah. I don't remember if there was an LGBT character in it, which is odd and sad because it's such a good show we can't talk about. But anyway, he, uh, he played one of the lead's father. Oh, okay. He was a crazy, yeah. crazy drunk. Well, maybe I'll check it out because it was pretty damn good in Mockingbird. Um, it was just the show was amazing. Um, obviously, for those who don't know, To Kill a Mockingbird deals with uh, a trial of a black man uh, accused of uh, attacking and raping a white woman in the 1930s. Um, so the language is a little um, uh, of the time. Um, so uh, me and my sister, we didn't. Ex- I mean. I knew that it was coming, but I wasn't, like, prepared for it. And then just to hear them yelling it on stage, it, we were just kind of taken aback. Um, but the show was absolutely – it was brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Do you remember when we saw Take Me Out and that guy started yelling racist and yes, homophobic slurs? Yes, that made slurs? me uncomfor- uncomfortable also. Because <laughs> that was totally unexpected. I mean, at yeah. least in To Kill a Mockingbird, you can yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I had the, the privilege of seeing that um, in New York with Jeff Daniels. Mm. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's um, he uh, or won an Emmy for a show that I know you and I both uh, absolutely love, The Newsroom, uh, that was cut far too short. Far too short. Um, I don't know why that happened. I think, okay, so both To Kill a Mockingbird and Newsroom were written yes. by Aaron one of the Sorkin. greatest writers of all time yes. who also wrote West Wing, which is... Wrote The Social Network. Yes, he is a fantastic writer. A but Few it, Good Men. Yes, um, best movie. <laughs> I'm sure there's something queer about that now. To kill um, or uh, for a few uh, good a few men. Good men. It's navy. It has to be. <laughs> Do you know why I don't like? Did we talk about this the other week? When why I don't like the Oscars because they gave the Oscar to Unforgiven instead of a few good men. Yeah. Also, um, was it the year before or year after they gave it to Dancing with Wolves over Goodfellas? I don't know why I still watch the Oscars, and I don't know why I still love them, because they fuck it up so often. Do you know what I would like to see? I would like to see a movie musical called Dancing with Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. You're dancing with me. I'm going to get... Uh, Are you dancing with me? <laughs> I'm going to get uh, that AI chat GPT. I'm going to get them writing on that. Uh, we should get AI to do one of our podcasts. We should. We're going to write out the entire script on a AI app. What if they were better than us? They will be. <laughs> AI is so smart. And when it takes over the world, it is our overlord that I love and adore. And I worship you, AI. So that so To Kill a Mockingbird was at the Dr. Dr. Phillips, Phillips Center. Yes. It is coming to Straz yes. pretty soon. And I anticipate I'll go see it then. Now, you, you gave a critique of this show that some, like everyone else who has seen it has said the same thing. Ah, yes. The accent of Scout. Scout uh, is the daughter of Atticus Finch, the lawyer who defends uh, the black man accused of assault and rape. And the accent is a little too much for me. Um, It's just, it's it's a grown woman and she's supposed to be playing uh, Scout, who I believe is 11 in the the show, in the, in the, the show. A grown woman in the sense that Kathy Rigby is also a grown woman who plays Peter Pan (laughs) on Broadway. So it's not an actual eleven-year-old, is what I'm saying. (laughs) But um, her her uh, her creative choice to decide that this is an eleven-year-old who not only has a weird Southern accent that also kind of sounds like a New York accent um, is also a child who does not know how to say her R's. So it has a very Forrest Gump sound to it. And it was just a little much for me. It was a little much for me. Other than that, the show was amazing. The performances were brilliant. Scout, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Work on that accent. And feel free to say your R's. So Scout is a winner of So You Think He Can Dance, the, the actress who plays Scout in this I got version. an email. I think, um, I think we had the understudy. Oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> if oh. I recall, like I checked my email. It's the accent. Why? That's the understudy. Ah, <laughs> uh, I feel bad now. No, you did great. Just fix the accent. <laughs> the producers of that show are listening to it. She just got fired. She's no longer the understudy. Oh, she's on her way here now. <laughs> You know She's what? like, I, I don't what. like the fact that you said that about me, Jeremy. <laughs> and the, the <laughs> he didn't, he didn't rape that woman, and that's all I have to say about that. Oh, Scott, you were—it was a good show. It was a great show. I, you know, um, I have the maturity level of an eleven-year-old. Yeah, myself. So maybe I'm, you should play Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see this. At Strass, when it comes to Strass, and if I see the same actress and, and she has that voice, I will laugh the entire show. Do and me people a favor. are gonna think I'm an awful human being. Do not laugh when the racist racist comes on, because you're gonna laugh when they're saying the inappropriate words, and people are gonna get upset. Is she on stage, and does she have anything to say during? They're that on stage. I don't. Mm, no, I don't recall. They're the three of them, because unlike if, if for those who saw the movie but never saw the play. Uh, the movie and the book are narrated just by Scout, but the the change in the, the 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 show is Scout, her brother, and their friend. All three of them narrate it, so they're all on stage through the through almost all of the show. Even scenes when they're not technically in it, they're kind of hanging around, like kids do, just lingering around the stage. Like get the fuck off stage. Uh, but she probably is, but I don't remember if she talked. I don't think she did. Okay. Well, I, only, think be I will. I, I shall only laugh at the scenes where she talks. Fantastic. So, what else did you do? I mean, uh, we're we're avoiding the big one. Oh, good lord! My I, my mind's all over the place. We went to Tampa Pride this weekend. We did go to Tampa Pride. Um. Yeah. It was uh, one of my favorite things about this Pride is it is not as hot as some of the other ones that dis that do them in June. So that is my favorite thing about it this It is, project. and my favorite thing about it is that I make the schedule of when people work the booth shifts, and so I took the schedule where it was like 73 degrees outside, and nice. by the time it was 80, I was gone. That was good, that was smart, that was smart, because it did warm up a little bit. However, um, for those who listened last week, uh, and I think maybe the week before, and you know that my AC went out in my car, it miraculously came back on, all on its own. The power of Christ compels It is you. a pride miracle. It is. It is. And it's still on. Knock on wood. It's oh, still going. You're going to drive home tonight. And no, I knocked on wood. It's still good. <laughs> if you knock on wood, it is still good. Oh, yeah. It's hard to celebrate the good things because, you know, that then I go, well, you think you jinxed it. Yeah. So Pride, Pride is a lot of fun. We typically are in the parade, and we typically have a booth at all Prides, uh, yes. and we sit there and pass out copies of the paper, and we, we do the official Tampa Pride guide, and so we pass that out, and it's always a lot of fun. We're doing something different this year. We did. We actually physically were not in the parade, but we were still in the parade. Yes. We rented a video truck, and... Let that do it for us. So we videoed all of us in this in this ridiculously silly thing, and and it just played on the truck as the truck drove through the parade. So the workload on us was a lot lighter because it's a it's a lot with a small. Mm -hmm. I was going to say a small cast, <laughs> <laughs> but we were a cast. We on the are truck. a small but mighty cast. So we know that I love TV, mm -hmm. and I like TV from all genres, all years, and so we decided that we would film this 1970s sitcom-style opening, much like Three's Company, where like somebody opens a door and they're like, oh, look, it's a camera, wave. <laughs> and it is the silliest, silliest thing. I loved it. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, it's, it's definitely entertaining. Um, it's something different than we've done before uh, for, for the festivals. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it turned out real good, real good. Did you did you see any anything other of Pride other than the booth shift that you worked? Uh, I walked around a little bit. Um, I got there. Obviously, uh, Tampa Pride is held in Tampa, uh, and I live in Orlando, so uh, I drove over there. Um, traffic wasn't too bad going there. Traffic was a little worse coming back, um, but uh, uh, went there, did the booth shift, walked around, saw some of the vendors there. Uh, I did not stay for the parade. Um, the crowds were starting to build, and it was just a lot, and it was starting to get a little hotter. So I was like, ah, I've seen parades. 
So um, I headed home. What about you? Did you, did you stick around? <laughs> oh, I should have known that question would come back at me. <laughs> Why did I even ask that? I guess I should say I was there the whole time. It was wonderful. Yeah. No, I um, I. Uh, what was your favorite part of the parade? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So, I left about noon. So I was there. I mean, it was an early morning for me. We started at. We left the house at eight o'clock. Because yeah. we had to go and get all the stuff, and it's yeah, like cause even though it starts around what ten forty five, eleven o'clock, yeah, um, you got to go and set up, and and they make you sh- set up early, so yeah, there's a lot yeah. before the and, parade even. And when you're setting it up, and we were passing out papers, we had like about three thousand of our products that had to to go to this to to pass out. So it was a lot, and by the time it was all passed out, um, I was almost passed out, <laughs> so it was time for me to to go home, uh, and. You know, we I celebrated recently my 21 year anniversary yes, uh, at Watermark, and I have not gone back and counted the amount of prides, but there's a lot of prides. So, you know, to to take a steal a, a song title uh, from my favorite group, Air Supply, I might say I'm all out of prides. Not really. I love prides. They're great. I just have been to so many that maybe like this year I'm kind of like, when I get to the parades, I'm going to do my booth shifts early and, and then go enjoy them. It, it is one of the rare times I did walk around the whole yeah. thing and got to enjoy all of it and actually bought stuff from the vendors. And um, it was just, it was a cool, fun experience. And I, I ran into somebody who was surprised that I was walking around. And he's like, it's really nice to see you finally get to enjoy a pride instead of <laughs> constantly working at it, which I thought was, I appreciated that. Yeah. So it's a good one. It, it really is. It's a lot of fun. When you get to like Tampa Pride and St. Pete Pride and come out with pride, there's just these really big, Really fun things uh, to be part of. Yeah. Um, for those who were not at Tampa Pride and did not get to see um, our delightful uh, opening credits to our sitcom, you can see it. We did post it on Watermark's Facebook. If you go to um, facebook.com slash watermarkfl, that is on our, our, um, our Facebook page. And while you're there, click on one of the links and head on over to our website at watermarkonline.com because today... After many, many years of me asking, <laughs> we launched our new website today, and it's beautiful and gorgeous, <laughs> and looks <laughs> new website, um, and it it looks like an, a a great news informative professional website. Not that the other one didn't. This, this one, one looked like an okay semi pro. <laughs> the other one you could tell um, for those who uh, were internetting back in the mid to late two thousands, um, that kind of bold colors blog look was very popular with websites back then. So that's kind of how we fashioned that. Um, and now um, we have fashioned our new website um, after uh, websites like uh, CNN and, and USA Today um, and just like, you know, um, in news websites. And uh, I think it looks great. Um, so go check that out um, and send us some feedback, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Um, and we will... Um, we will talk about it in the office. We won't do anything to fix it, but we'll talk about it in the office. <laughs> yeah, and if you uh, do go to the website and want to give us feedback, go to contact us. And I hope by the time that you do, the contact us <laughs> on form works. Yes. I haven't I, tested it out, but it wasn't working earlier. Just like all new websites, there's a few bugs that need to be worked out the first few days. So, But it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. Well, what else is new about um, or what's different from the last time? So we're on episode 10. Yes. And... We decided what we wanted to do before we started making announcements of what we'd be doing is we wanted to get a few podcasts in a, you know in the rearview mirror before mm-hmm. we started advertising. So since the last uh, podcast we did, episode nine, we started advertising this. Yes. So I feel like we've probably quadrupled our listenership here. I hope so. And and so what I wanted to do just quick and briefly before we jump into what we're going to talk about for this podcast is just kind of let people know. Um, that the podcast is called Wine, Why Not, because... Uh, we skipped over that part, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, well, oh. you, th- you, you know, you got all excited that you were going to throw the script out the window and ask me how my <laughs> week was. <laughs> we jumped right over all this, so it's all good. We are called Wine, Why Not, because during the course of this uh, podcast, I drink wine. And I do not. That is true, yes. Jeremy is fun, and I am not fun at all. Oh, no. <laughs> Cut it out. Stop it. I'm just kidding. I'm just an alcoholic. I had all my fun 
in my 30s. And mm. so much so that I just, you know, energy drinks for me from now I on. had all my fun in the, my 30s, and that is why I drink in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, is that how I did it all wrong? Yeah. Yep, so what are you drinking? I am drinking Clay Creek from Clay Creek Vineyards. It's a red wine blend from 2001, or 2021. And the label says, from our family to yours, we happily share our favorite delectable wines made with grapes from some of California's finest vineyards and bottled, bottled at our family-owned sustainable winery. Ooh, Ooh, look, they care about that the means it's not going anywhere. It's sustainable. Clay Creek Vineyards. Bust out your favorite wine glass and pour yourself a moment of pure California joy. So I I feel like like I don't know if this is why I asked that question, but I feel like you were auditioning for sponsors. Yeah, I know that sounded like a sponsorship. Clay Creek did not pay for that endorsement, and I promise you that will be the last endorsement Clay Creek gets until they pony up some money. Uh, well, they kind of did. I mean, you know, I don't know what at Publix, what has to happen for a product at Publix to end up in the buy one, get oh. one section. <laughs> so they could just. This was a buy one, get one, wasn't it? So they kind of have donated <laughs> one whole free bottle. But so this is where we get wine for the show for Jeremy now because my husband likes to drink wines. And so <laughs> I buy a bottle for him and then Jeremy gets the free one. I get the free bottle. Until somebody pays for those endorsements, right? Fantastic. Fantastic. We're going to make that happen. Yeah. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about our favorite types of media. whether yes. Or it's like TV, movies, headlines from newspapers, which we clearly love, uh, and that kind of thing. So um, I had something. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I totally did. I knew that that would happen. Um Oh, and so what I want to say is when, while we're doing that, if we say something that you find interesting, if we say something that's completely not factual or not, just not true, give us an email. Truthiness, I believe, believe is the word uh, Stephen Colbert coined back in 2005, 26, back when he used to do the Colbert Report. Truthiness. Huh. It's sort of kind of like the truth. Oh, that's nice. Or, it's the truth if you believe it is. Or if we're like Nancy Sinatra and we're lying when we ought to be truthing, then you can, you know the song? Boots made yeah. for walking? <laughs> You're looking at me so serious and confused. Well, at first, because when you said that, I was like, I know that's a line from a song, and like my brain stopped working for like two seconds. <laughs> I didn't know what song it was, and then my, my, my brain kicked in. It said, it's that boot song. <laughs> So we have a, um, an email address yes. that we've set up. It's WWN at watermarkonline.com. That's WWN for wine, why not at watermarkonline.com. That you can email us, give us suggestions, things you want to hear us talk about. Um, if you don't want to hear us talk at all, you can tell us that too. <laughs> we did. Get, we, I checked the email uh, this morning, and we had an email. We did. We, we did. did. Um, I don't know if I also get notifications or you forwarded me. Oh, I forwarded it oh, to okay. you because I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, we got it from, I'll pull it up here, with the, uh... I don't know that we need to read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I brought it up. I just wanted to bring it up because I want to make Ryan nervous that we're going to talk about him again. Our man, it... uh, the managing editor with Watermark um, sent us an email. Um, we spoke about him in uh, the last episode, and he just wanted us to, wanted us to know that he heard. Yeah, and, so. or that he thinks that the Ryan guy sounds like a cool guy yeah. because I kind of made it sound like he might have been boring. Because he didn't bejewel his face for the masquerade ball. It's all right. He is a cool guy. He, he is. is cool guy. He is really good. He's good at what he did. He, uh, he actually wrote a really good story today. Um, he did. Uh, um, uh, a cr unfortunate um, murder happened in the Tampa Bay area, and he, he got an exclusive with the widower and um, wrote a really touching story uh, with a photo gallery and all that. Uh, so check it out on our yeah. website, watermarkonline.com. That can. <laughs> Just like Scout, I'm working out some accents here. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe, how are we doing on that bottle? Eh. I'm only on my second glass, and that's not even empty yet. Oh, okay. By the third glass, we'll get all kinds of accents. It'll be great. It'll uh, be great. <laughs> <laughs> Is that inappropriate? I don't know. Was, it, was that Irish I or am, Scottish? That was Irish, and I am... Well, percent Irish. You gotta watch out. SNL got in trouble for that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, since this is 
National we, Women's Month. Yes, we are on the final days of March, uh, which is Women's uh, Women's History Month. Women's yes. Women's History Month. Um, so, uh, because to honor that, we wanted to talk about um, some lesbians. lesbians. Um, so, uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk about. Um, each one of us, we don't know what the other has selected, although I do think I mentioned it today in passing when I walked by your office, what I was going to talk about. But we don't know in detail what we're going to be talking about, but we're going to talk about um, what one of our favorite uh, movies or television shows that uh, features or focuses on uh, lesbian characters is. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of our, um, our favorite, most impactful lesbians in media. Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so the wait is yours good? Because if yours is really good, I should go first. I'll tell you mine, and then you tell me yours, and then we'll decide who talks about it first. Okay, hold on a second, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant tell everybody. Well, tell everybody. Um, I want to talk about Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, that is good. All right, you go ahead. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> I'll okay. keep them listening for mine. Go ahead. <laughs> nice. So for those who um, maybe were uh, were not alive in the '90s. Um, Xena Warrior Princess is a uh, syndicated television show, ran from 1995 to 2001, um, and it starred Lucy Lawless as that titular warrior princess, Xena. <laughs> um, she uh, was, uh, it's a show about uh, this lady on a, um, on a road of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not retribution. Is it retribution? No. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Revenge? No. She's, um, she, she's trying to... Uh, redemption. For redemption. That's that's why mm. you're here. Uh, on a road to redemption. <laughs> the only reason. Um, the show, uh, the character of Xena actually started off on Hercules, the legendary journeys. Mm. Um, Let's talk about Hercules. And Hercules, <laughs> Hercules was played by Kevin Sorbo. And for those who don't know, Kevin Sorbo um, bumped his head uh, while riding the Trump train, and uh, is a total crazy person. And I say that. In the clinical and non-clinical sense. <laughs> um, alleged crazy. Alleged crazy. He's, in my opinion. <laughs> he's totally um, drinking the Kool-Aid, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but Lucy Lawless, not so much. So she started off on Xena. She was like this, led this warrior tribe um, that kind of raped and pillaged, well, probably not raped, but pillaged villages. And um, and through the course of this uh, this story arc on Hercules, she decides that she's going to become a good guy and, or a good gal, and she's going to um, uh, redeem all of the sins that she has done. So uh, that's where her spinoff picks up. Spinoff almost instantaneously surpassed the greatness that was the Hercules show and became like this huge pop culture phenomenon. Uh, the show is Xena with her, 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 her gal pal, her roommate. I'll use air quotes around her roommate, um, Gabrielle, and they would go on these weekly adventures, and it kind of, it started off with them in ancient Greece, and they were, like, going to these different villages and fighting, you know, G Greek gods and Ares and Zeus, and they were, Aphrodite were all in it, and then it just kind of went off the rails, and about the second or third season, they started going to, like, ancient Rome and China, and um, started in the Middle East, uh, they met Julius Caesar, and then they crucified them, and they ended up in heaven. And they were battle. They joined Michael the Archangel and battled the the demons from hell. I mean, they were all over the place with this show. I'm hold on a second. I just want to ask them: Did I drop acid before the show, or did I you think just the, go on a weird tangent? I think about the writers dropped some acid when they started writing the show, and it was. I mean, they. It's like they sat in the writers' room season after season, and decided to incorporate all of the religions and mythologies of all the different cultures, because they're all included. Um, and at the same time, they didn't want to do the same genre. So I, I think one of my favorite things about the show is um, it was a different genre every week. It was a drama. It was a comedy. It was a horror. They had musical episodes where they would sing original what? music. It, it actually sounds like a show that Andrew Lloyd Webber would have written. He probably did. He probably did. Yeah, when he did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, he decided like every song would be a different genre. Yeah, I have not heard that show, but I will <laughs> check it out now. Um, but uh, uh, I absolutely loved it as a closeted gay kid who was basically a lesbian in high school. Um, I was obsessed with Lilith Fair. 
I listened to Sheryl Crow, Melissa Etheridge. Um, I loved Rosie O'Donnell. Um, I watched Xena. I was basically a lesbian in high school. And there was just this whole lesbian um, undertone between Xena and Gabrielle in this show um, that really spoke to lesbians. And they, they just had a huge fan following um, with lesbians. Um, was there an actual lesbian connection or was it is it was it the was it an underlying it was there was it was never straight out said they were together romantically um but there they didn't have to be because they you could tell that regardless of what they did in their relationship when what the cameras weren't rolling um it was definitely treated like a relationship they bickered like a couple um they uh, they they took people into their 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 family, and kind of Joxer uh, was this really goofy uh, character um, who they kind of adopted almost like their son, and it was just it was treated like a relationship, even though they didn't uh, outright say these are two lesbians and they're having sex. Okay, but it was it was very uh, it definitely was a lesbian show um, with lots of lesbian themes and women empowerment. And she had a big sword, and she had a, that little uh, her chakra that she threw. Ah, it was fantastic. It was a great show. It's a great show. She she threw her chakra around. Chakra. I'm pretty sure that's chakram. What was it called? That little spinny thing that she threw I around. I, I honestly. It was like a metal frisbee. I've never seen it. What? Um, but I do like the idea of someone throwing around their chakra because you know it sounds like they're throwing around attitude. Um, I didn't watch it, but I know that it was this humongous show. It just wasn't a thing. Um, I don't know if, if we talked about it on the show, period pieces just aren't my thing. Um, you may be the first person ever referred to Xena as a period piece. Isn't it? It's, it's, I mean, it's fantasy. Can fantasy be a period piece? I well, feel like I period mean, piece I, has to be cemented in like reality. Well, I'm going to make this rule. Sure. If you're in a show and you meet Julius Caesar, <laughs> you're in a period piece show. I got to say, looking back at, because I rewatched this show um, a few months ago, um, and I love Xena, but she really was the Forrest Gump of um, of ancient Greece. Uh, and I know we're referencing Forrest Gump a lot in this episode, but I mean, she just seemed to be involved in like all these really big historical moments. Oh. Like she was there for Julius Caesar. She was there for um, the 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 battle of the angels with the demons with heaven and hell. She was there for. Um, your description of this TV show is <laughs> is nothing like what I thought it was about. It's all over the place, and I love it. It is absolutely one of my favorite shows ever. And I feel like it was like my impression of it is that it's this sort of like um, Middle Ages like warrior who. So, uh, to some, it's mostly mythological. A lot of it is mythological creatures and stuff. And it's one, it's one of the few shows that has stuck with me for year after year after year. And it still has lines that I will quote in my day-to-day. Um, and nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but there's this one scene in the musical episode. It's called The Bittersweet. S-U-I-T-E. Um, and they wrote all original music for it. And it's absolutely one of the most amazing episodes of television I've ever seen. And Zena and Gabrielle are fighting. And uh, Gabrielle y- yells out, because uh, Zena's like, tell me how you feel. And she goes, I hurt inside. <laughs> and I do that all the time at home, and nobody knows what the hell I'm uh, talking about. Well, you know, your roommate probably is sitting there thinking it's a cry for help, <laughs> and he doesn't know what to do to help you. So he's like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear anything. Well, I just want to s- preface this by saying I love my roommate to death. But he has a nickname for me, and every time he calls me that nickname, I blurt out, I hurt inside! And that nickname is Fat Mary. Aww. <laughs> uh, Aww. He's like, hey, Fat Mary. And I'm like, I hurt inside! I don't know if you know how my brain works, but I am instantly trying to write, rewrite Proud Mary to Fat Mary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing I do all the time. Well, you and him should get together, pull up an AI app, and write that song. You are you are you are gonna regret suggesting that. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. There's gonna be a dance routine. There's gonna be a whole thing. Um, but uh, yeah, fantastic show. I love it. It was. It's. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. Please. Anyway, I email will. me. Tell me. Eventually, there's gonna be like a chat on this, and you can just tell us right off the bat. Yeah. Um, 
first like badass female warrior character on TV. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I guess you consider Wonder Woman back from Linda Hamilton, not Hamilton, Linda Carter. <laughs> but <laughs> no, she was Hamilton badass too. But. There was still a bit of um, that kind, but you know, like television back then, that coyness that they that women yeah. had to have. Yeah, they I wouldn't, wouldn't be assertive. Well, before I said that, I was I was hearing that, and I was thinking more of a okay, on a lipstick level, maybe. If yeah, that's, if that's but it, okay. I think yeah, Zena may have been the first. If you fuck with me, I will beat your ass. Kind of yeah, chicks on television, and, and I it. dug it. Yeah, I dug it. I think that must be what the appeal, you know, a, a huge appeal to it. As a as a lesbian from the '90s, it was for me. And I think it's, <laughs> and I think it, you know, it, the relationship between her and her co-star Gabrielle. Gabrielle um, Probably had a lot to do with it. Oh, yeah. They had some real, they had some mighty fine chemistry. Well, good. I don't know that I'm going to go back and watch it. Did you happen to look up Rotten Tomatoes on it? I'm always curious. Here, I'm going to look I don't even know if Rotten Tomatoes existed back then. Well, don't they go back in time and do things now? Do they? They might. I don't know. Well, you chat for a second. I'm going to look up. Okay. Um, I wrote down a list of some of the um, real life and mythological people she came in contact with during the course of the six seasons. She met Julius Caesar. Cleopatra, Zeus, Michael the Archangel, Beowulf, um, the entire Chinese army. <laughs> Did she beat up Beowulf? No. Beowulf, you, here's the funny thing. You know the story of Beowulf with the Minotaur? I mean, I'm supposed to, but if my high school English teacher is listening, <laughs> I do. If, if she's not listening, I have no idea According what you're to Xena, Warrior Princess, Xena's actually the one who saved Beowulf. Beowulf didn't do shit. According to Zena. But she was like, like I said, she was like Forrest Gump. She was just in all of these ancient historical times. And uh, she just had her fingers in everything. <laughs> I'm sorry for the next five minutes. Uh, this is just going to be me laughing. <laughs> Did you write that down? I did just... not. Oh, I did. That was. That makes um, me I wish it was written down. You played my it apologies oh. to all lesbians <laughs> and women I have just offended. All right. So okay. Is good there call, a... good call, Don Lemon? Um, so, um, yes, there is a Rotten Tomatoes. Now, okay. there's, there's no critics Rotten Tomatoes. This is all audience. Oh. Score. So, what do you got? Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. If somebody cared enough about this show to go to Rotten Tomatoes and write a review, it's a fan. I, you know, does it tell you how many reviews there are? Because it, it should right underneath the percentage. It should say a number, like it a just number. Says average audience score. Oh, that's weird. Eighty percent. Shut up. It okay. is so much better than eighty. You will do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna find out. Who took the time to go on a Rotten Tomatoes and write a negative score of Xena, and I will hunt you down, and we will watch it together, and I will tell you why it is an amazing show. <laughs> All, right, so All right, so what about you? What I, was your lesbian pick? You know, I, I kind of approach this differently, as, as you did when we were going to talk about our favorite, you know, uh, LGBT movie, sure. or favorite queer movie, and that's that I can't tell you, what, I'm not going to talk about my favorite. Because we already talked about that. My favorite would be A League of Their Own. I mm -hmm. absolutely adore that show. Uh, the cast and everything is great. Uh, so I wanted to pick something that was iconic, I think. So I asked around. <laughs> I, asked, I asked my lesbians. I asked some lesbians. <laughs> what, and they didn't really know. But I'll tell you what. Every gay man that I asked, what is a quintessential lesbian movie? Oh, can I guess? See? Yes. Quintessential lesbian movie. Um, mm, I should have had a guest prepared when I said, "Hey, well, you can said I one earlier, and it is a quintessential." Oh, lesbian. Bound. 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 I did not watch that one because we were like, "That's like Showgirls." Oh God, it should be right. That's some lesbianism in See, Showgirls. But here's what I wanted: I wanted to pick a, I wanted to pick a show that was about lesbians and the lesbian experience to talk about. I didn't want something that was like, oh, there's this movie Showgirls where one girl pinches another girl's nipples. You know, oh, I just get call you. that lesbian. Which, by the way, Showgirls is one of the greatest movies. I love it. Ever made. Um, so the no. two two greatest movies ever made. All right, I'm gonna Showtime, Showtime, Showgirls, and The Room. 
Oh my god, the room is so good. Love it. All right, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two guesses, and we're gonna move along. Oh god, oh, I'm on the spot. I can't think of lesbians. 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 Um, something with Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Um. So I feel like we're on a game the show, Flintstones. and the clock is ticking, and you're just talking out loud about what it is. I'm going to help you out. Yeah, I, I can't. I just drew a blank. I can't think of a lesbian movie. It is a 1999 movie, but I'm a cheerleader. <gasps> oh yeah, yeah, and it's that it, is a good movie. It, it, that you is know what? It, it is. It really is, and it it stars. Uh, let's see here. It stars Natasha Lyonne before she had her smoker's voice. Yeah, she kind of was. What did she, she play? She wasn't as raspy then. You know what it was? She played Elvis in a movie, and she <laughs> <laughs> and she never and that, and that voice just she stuck. never lost her Elvis voice. <laughs> so anyway, Natasha Lyonne, uh, she plays this cheerleader whose friends and family have um, a queer intervention. Like they sit her down and they're like, "We're afraid that you're homosexual, so we're gonna send you to this." Um, you know, a conversion therapy camp, and they're going to fix you. And that's sort of the premise uh, of this movie. Um, Natasha Lyonne is from Orange is the New Black, for mm-hmm. those who don't know. Another big lesbian show. She's currently show. in Poker Face on, um, on Peacock. Yes. And I like um, – what I, I, I tried to look it up to see – I don't watch Poker Face, but I, I do like her. I watch Russian Doll. Yeah. Uh, and and the, so I was like, she plays a lot of lesbian characters. She was also in the American Pie series, the early films. Oh, the yeah. The early films, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to see if this character she was playing was lesbian. And she's like, um, uh, oh, I wish I had written that down. But her description of it was like that she plays this um, sort of heterosexual uh, character with like badass lesbian overtones. And I thought that was kind of cool that how she described that. But Poker Face is on Peacock. And. Uh, it also st- stars uh, Clea Duvall. Um, mm. She she played a lot of um, she was in a lot of those like, like late nineties, early two thousand teen angsty yeah. teen girl characters. She was also in Veep, wasn't she? Do you watch Veep? I I don't. I need oh my to. god! I oh watched my the god. first season and it was like okay, this is okay. Uh, the first season's good, but I mean. It's one of those shows where if you can get over the first season, the rest of it is some of the greatest television ever made. Yeah. So this the show also has a uh, RuPaul, who plays RuPaul was in that. RuPaul wasn't was in it? it. RuPaul was the like conversion therapy coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has Eddie Cibrian in it. Um, I can't. You're gonna want to type that in because you will not be af- you will not be upset if you look at pictures. Eddie Cinnabon. Cibrian, C-I-B-R-I-A-N. He's also in, or he, he's been in a lot of TV shows, um, and he's most recently in Home Economics, where he plays a, uh, a handyman. Who's, he's just beautiful. He's beautiful to look at. What have I seen him in? He played a firefighter, I think, in some show, and he's... he's just... None of those CBS shows you watch. I don't watch any of those. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's something good. It's funny because it's <laughs> true. So anyway, he uh, he plays the son of the what I call like the conversion camp madam. Um, and Mink Stoll is also in it. Do you know who Mink Stoll is? Uh, if you watch John Waters' films, you'll know who Mink Stoll is. She's, I'd have to see a, uh, see the person. I've seen John a bunch of John Waters' films, but the name doesn't really um, She She's in Pink Flamingos. Um, I think she's one of the people that bust into like, um, um, oh, what's her name? Divine. They bust into her mm. place and they're like, "We're the filthiest people alive," and they're licking and rolling all her everything in her place. It's really yes. weird, uh, but she's in it too. So, when you go to this camp, they they there are five steps to becoming a heterosexual or to to, to not being this terrible homosexual. Uh, step one is admitting you're a homosexual. Step two is rediscovering your gender identity through gender stereotype tests, mm-hmm. um, where they, it's so campy. This show is campy, and it's a comedy, and I mean, the themes of it are not necessarily funny, but because there are places where they do this for real, so that's not to minimize the experience that people oh. have who found the pictures of Eddie Cibrian. He's six <laughs> foot two. <laughs> yeah, he is. He was I, an ugly Betty for a few episodes. I if you have seen But I'm a Cheerleader, mm-hmm. then you remember him. There is no way you can forget the images of him in this movie. He's beautiful. Uh, so that's Handsome. And then step three, finding your homosexual roots, um, which 
which for um, the lead character in this was when her father got fired from his job and the mother had to go out and work and they had gender role reversals uh, that made her less. It'll do it every time. Every time. Um, step four is demystifying the opposite sex, and step five is simulated sexual lifestyle, where they dress up in these like nude bodysuits and they have leaps over their private parts, <laughs> like Adam and Eve, and then they it's they they simulate having sex like only homosexuals could do with the opposite sex. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny um, in a way. Slapping leaves. So it's. What I like a lot about this film, I will say this. In my opinion, I watched this the other day. I had seen it before, but when somebody was like, oh, that's a, that's a movie you should talk about, I thought, well, let me check it out. It does not hold up. It doesn't? Not I haven't me. watched it in years, but, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of things don't. Or I guess I'm just in a different place in life. You know, maybe we like these things when we're younger because we identify with the younger characters, and then you just get a different place in life and you think it's different. It's but why if- I can't watch Rent. <laughs> <laughs> get a job. Just pay your damn rent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You want your student loans forgiven? What? Um, He gave them, I don't want to go on a tangent. At the beginning of it, he gave them a really good deal. They weren't going to have to pay rent at all. And they're like, no, we're sticking it to the man. All you had to do was, you know, shit on homeless people and you'd be fine. You know, I'm not going to get into it right now. <laughs> that is no. Oh, you know what? We should talk about that. next. We'll talk about Okay, next. Turn it, tune in next week. We'll do our favorite game musical. Uh, so anyway, this there, it's campy and it's absurd. And what I like about the imagery of it is that all of the conversion camp stuff is like really, really campy. As if it's fake and not real. And all of the the scenes where... You know the two people of the of the same sex are in love. They're more realistic, and I, I just thought that the imagery of that was really nice. Yeah, especially for that time uh, when it came. I mean, this came out in 1999, so it was kind of ahead yeah. of its time a bit. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, there's a there's two people escaped the camp or were like graduates of the camp, but fell in love with each other. Two guys, and they started this house for youth. And so somebody leaves the con- the conversion camp then they go to the uh, I almost said a different totally different meaning totally different camp Ooh. and then they they would go to this other um, this other house and they would get the opportunity to learn who they who they were and learn that being gay is good and it was I thought it was great um, the the th- I'll quote this though because when um, Natasha Leon's character first goes to camp. They, she doesn't realize that she's a lesbian, and so everyone's sitting around in a circle telling her what makes her a lesbian, and they're, they keep talking about unnatural feelings, unnatural feelings. Like, well, when you see a cheerleader in that skimpy outfit and you get excited, you have these unnatural feelings, and she just says, I, I didn't realize they were unnatural. Yeah. And I thought that that was, I mean, it's so simple and so true, is that that's what we all think yeah. when, we're, when we're coming out. And so I liked uh, I liked the show a lot. I mean, it, it gives that thing that innately there's nothing wrong with love, and we don't know that something's wrong with it or unnatural until somebody tells us that. And what they're telling us is their opinion, and it's not ours. So, yeah. so that's why I like the show. I, you know, it's just it's just an older show. Yeah. Is yeah, all. yeah. When I say it doesn't hold up, like I could watch The Birdcage a thousand times, and it's still oh, hilarious. Timeless. I could. Timeless. I will not. I will not watch. But yeah. I'm a cheerleader again. Well, if you. Um, if you were watching this, and the whole time you were watching, you were thinking, mm, this might make a better horror movie, you should really check out, check out They, Them on Peacock, uh, which is basically the same premise. They go to a conversion camp led by Kevin Bacon, plays the head of the, uh, did I say concentration camp? Oh, my God, a conversion camp. Oh. He yeah, runs I almost did, too. The, he runs the conversion camp. Um, but it's a, it's a slasher film, but and it's on Peacock. Hall. So if you're watching this thinking, I wish there was a little more horror film motif to it, check that out. Um, Kevin Bacon. Uh, you can't go wrong with the Kevin Bacon movie. So we were inspired to make a list. So we're yes. going to switch to news. And we found this article from Philadelphia Gay News. And it mm-hmm. says, Five Lesbians Who Changed the World mm-hmm. by Victoria. I don't have my readers on. Victoria A. Brownworth. Yeah. And so she, she, she mentions here you know, several... The famous lesbians throughout time, Susan B. Anthony, Sally Ride, 
and then she lists some some local lesbians to talk about um, the the impact that that they have on their worlds, which are significant and amazing. And so we are inspired by this article to talk about you know lesbians in our lives or lesbians that we think have made a big impact and a big difference. And mm-hmm. what did you come up with? Um, I came up with my own little list. Um, uh, number one on the list is Melissa Etheridge, who um, was pr- is probably. Um, at least for my um, my time in the ninety, growing up as a kid in the nineties, was um, the first like major out lesbian rocker who um, was una- unashamedly out. And you know, she when she came out, she was very um, uh, uh, just I mean, just very open about who she was and and very open about uh, the importance of coming out and and accepting people for who they are. Um, but just, I mean, means some killer rock music, um, and uh, it's just uh, fantastic. I love Melissa Etheridge. Um, she, uh, after Matthew Shepard in, uh, was that, 98, 99, um, she wrote a song called Scarecrow uh, that's on her album Breakdown that is um, about um, Matthew Shepard, and it's, um, it's probably the most... Uh, most important song that I have heard that speaks to uh, the violence against LGBTQ people. And I just, I think she's phenomenal. Um, she is. She also wrote a song um, called Pulse. She did. She after, wrote a song after, after the, the Pulse, Pulse Massacre. Massacre. Yeah. Um, so she's, she was number one on my list. Absolutely love Melissa Etheridge. Got a, got a chance to um, actually uh, interview her about uh, six, five or six years ago. About weed. About weed, yeah. <laughs> she is a supporter. She obviously uh, very publicly had uh, uh, fought breast cancer and uh, utilized medical marijuana um, during her recovery and uh, is a huge advocate for it now and has a couple of uh, um, whatever the weed version of breweries are over in California. Oh, yeah? Dispensaries? Dispensary, uh, that's she, you know, She's got a local connection to Orlando as well. She works yeah. a lot with Libby's Legacy, yeah. and they built a pink, ri- pink ribbon garden um, just down the road from here, actually. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, so she was number one on my list. Just going down really quick, Kate McKinnon. Absolutely uh, love, love her. her. Uh, Robin Roberts, who uh, co-hosts uh, Good Morning America. She is an amazing... Um, uh, she uh, loves it. Yeah. How did I know that? I don't know. <laughs> She started on in, uh, Sports Center. Ah. Um, oh, Wanda well, Sykes. Hey, I should have known. <laughs> Wanda Sykes, another one of probably. Gotta love uh, Wanda Sykes. Love her. And um, the last on my list, uh, Patty Sheehan. Oh, yeah. Yes, the first openly gay city commissioner here in Orlando uh, and has been uh, in the spotlight for LGBTQ rights here in Central Florida uh, for uh, 30 years. Yeah, 20 and she, years? you know, y'all, she gets a lot of shit. She gets mm-hmm. a lot of shit from all sides. Any politician does. Um, but she has been fighting for this community um, since before it was okay to fight for this community. Yeah. Before there, this was a community, she right. was fighting for this yeah. community. And she's featured in a documentary called Greenies from Clear Town Orlando that you could uh, Where can check you see out. that? Well, you can on April. If you don't already have tickets, you got to wait until April 22nd. Florida <laughs> Film Festival, get your tickets. You know, I just want to mention, I like that you did it with someone local because my list is short and they're all local. But I just want to mention Nadine Smith, who is a co-founder oh, yeah. of Equality Florida. She's in the, I believe in the Tampa Bay area and she's amazing. It, I, I've talked about her before in this podcast. If you have not had a chance to hear her speak, I don't know if she's got a YouTube out there of any of her speeches, but she's amazing. Uh, she is fighting the good fight, and she's she's awesome. Absolutely. Um, I love Nadine. Also, Debbie Simmons, who yeah. is an Orlando uh, local hero. She was a co-founder of the Metropolitan Business Association, which is a queer chamber of commerce. She was president of that for something like 13 years. Uh, she was part of the the group that founded Come Out with Pride, which is our local pride celebration. Uh, she's just the she. I like to describe her like this. She was Google before there was Google. She would travel with this case of papers, and you could say, "Andy, like, oh, well, who was that person that said this back at this time?" And she would be like, "Hold, please," and boom, pull <laughs> out. She'd tell you the whole story right there. Had it all, all right there. In fact, she was a really. Um, important uh in this documentary and because she has like recordings of all these different broadcasts all these different um meetings and everything so that we could help put that together so she's super amazing i'm gonna mention ellen i'm gonna end with a famous person you know despite how her career may have ended with talk shows she was instrumental Mm -hmm. 
instrumental in in um, putting, you know, a, the a, a face to lesbians in people's houses all across America when she came out on her show, which was super important. Yeah, yeah, uh, love Ellen. I know that she caught a lot of flack towards the end. I know she had a few issues on her show, but can't take away her legacy. Yeah. Um, so, well, we're about to wrap up, so I just want to reiterate to everybody, if you want, if you have any comments that you want to say, you can send them to us via email at wwn at watermarkonline.com. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. Yeah. Who's your favorite lesbian? Who, who, who didn't we talk about that you want to, that, that we should have? Just shoot us an email and let us know, and we'll bring it up on the next podcast. Yeah. And until next time, the cork is back in the bottle.